We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome back to Veterans Minimum. On this episode, we're going to be giving you some updates before the season begins. Uh, we're going to do some spitball, the games of the week, and give you our picks So for week one, so stay tuned. And we are back! Yay, yay! Shut up! <laughs> uh, <laughs> yo, listen, listen. What? Sick and tired of you talking to me like this, alright? Yeah. I don't care how thinking, smoky you are. The mood was down in the room. We have to bring the mood up because football's back! Yeah! Right? Officially. Impy's here too. Tomorrow. S- Silver lining. What's up? What's good, Impy? He's got a tie-dye shirt on now. Damn. I don't wear collars no more. <laughs> I don't do it. <laughs> Nick on the wire though. What's up, bro? Yo, yo. Yo, you're eating that mic. Relax. Yeah, you're all Jesus. over that thing. Like, yo, Nick, what's up, bro? <laughs> Jesus, relax for a second. Feels like I'm rapping a little. Yeah, uh, boss isn't here, so uh, and Nick is on the phone, so MP's sitting in for boss. Um, but yeah, NFL starting tomorrow. I mean, it's Wednesday now, so it's starting today, I, I guess, because this is going out tomorrow. I can't wait. We're all so friendly. What? Not during the NFL season in the chat, like we're all really friendly. Oh yeah, it's and a then rap all now. of a sudden it becomes a rap. One person says something, and it's a half an hour just going back and forth. Not only that, but now we're in a fancy league too, so it's gonna be even worse. I mean, we were in a fantasy league last year, but against the... I guess you're right. This yeah, one this one is more, more... Yeah, and we have money riding on it, too. I just picked up James Conner in two of my fantasy leagues. I'm very happy about that. People are sleeping. Speaking of which... Mm, uh, that was good. We should talk about Le'Veon <laughs> Bell, because I think his agent was the one who came out and said he could sit out up to 10 weeks. So he might not be playing. And the Steelers' O-line also is not happy about this. Uh, Pouncey said, quote... Why play hide and seek? Why let your agent say this? Just man up and tell us what you're going to do. So his offensive line is not even. He, they don't agree with what he's doing. There was apparently. a lineman too that was like, "There's people who've played after their their mother's funerals." There, uh, Alejandro Villanueva came from war 
and you don't want to play, things shit like that. And that's your O line. That's people blocking for you. Yeah, you know? that you, that makes me think even more that he's gonna sit out for as long as he can because like now it's like awkward if I go back now. So like you say, as long as they can. I want to clarify that. So there is a rule in someone's contract where if you miss. If you just sit out games, then you automatically get renewed for the next year and you just re-up the contract. You're, you don't become a free agent. 10 games is the number because he can get away with 10 games, come back, and still become a free agent next year. Got it. So, so they're playing that game well. You know what I think is pretty stupid? is the fact that even if the Steelers wanted to give him the long-term deal now, they wouldn't be able to. And, no. I, think, and I think that's the dumbest rule in the book right now, in the, in the, in the CBA. Like, why... Why does there have to be a specific date? Like that's why all these guys are holding out because they've missed the deadline. Like why? Like, you know what I'm saying? Just like why not let the guy sign whenever he wants? The franchise tender. Yeah. No, no. But now he can't get signed to a long-term, multi-year deal. Right. And I just don't understand why. Like, what's the point? Like, July 15th is the cutoff. August 1st, whatever the date is. Like, why can't they sign in the season? Like, I just don't get it. And if you look at that, because that's the rule, you're looking at the Le'Veon Bell and what the Steelers' options are. You got. Three options. One, you eat it and you let them come back whenever. Two, you tell them, fuck you. You're not playing the entire season. Or three, you trade them. Those are your only options. Yeah. So now the ball is in Le'Veon Bell's court because the Steelers were too cheap to pay him in the first place. And Le'Veon Bell is now looking at Aaron Donald getting $95 million guaranteed. Khalil Mack getting $95 million guaranteed. Todd Gurley, someone in his position, getting $45 million guaranteed. This is a guy in Todd Gurley who hasn't done shit in his career compared to Le'Veon Bell. Like, Le'Veon, don't get me wrong, Todd Gurley is a great player. But if you compare career accolades, they're not even coming close to each other. So you're looking at these guys in your position group getting paid, and the Steelers have the nerve to offer you $10 million guaranteed as their max offer. And not to mention, Le'Veon Bell has been signing franchise tags for them year after year after year. There needs to come a point where as a player, you say, I'm not dealing with this shit anymore. It's, and, and the coaching staff has come out and said, we plan to, not in these words, but we plan to run Le'Veon Bell into the ground. We plan on using him as much as humanly possible. Yeah. If I'm Le'Veon Bell... Besides the teammates, take the teammates out of it. What possible, what possible motivation do I have to come back this year and play all sixteen games? There's no pos- You're not making more money in the free agency because you're not having a. Even if you have a better year than you've had in the last two years, how much better could it be? You're, you're already the best running back in the league, and you're also one year older than you were before. Right. If you sit out, then you know everyone's going to say, "Oh, well, he's 27, but he's really his knees are really 26." Oh, but his, his shoulders are 26. Yeah. That's what they said with Adrian Peterson. And look now look at AP. He's 33 starting week one. I didn't know they offered him 10. 10 guaranteed, not 10 total. But no, 10 obviously, but I'm saying even so, 10 guaranteed. The issue was that the uh, so the franchise tag, he'd make 14.5 this year. And the contract that they offered him this year, he would make $10 million. But then after, it would go up. Uh, if you're Le'Veon Bell and his agent, I'm sure they're using what happened to DeMarco Murray as, you know, precedent, I guess, if that's the term. Like, DeMarco Murray was in a similar situation. He wanted a contract extension. Dallas said, oh, yeah, we'll get to it. Don't worry. We got you. What happened? Over 400 total touches. Then he goes into free agency, and he's been on two teams since, and now he's retired. Not so, even 30. 
not even 30. And, uh, yeah, man, we know about the posi- the running back position. It's not friendly to your body. You literally get hit on every single play unless you hit pay dirt. So I think what Le'Veon Bell is doing is smart. Like, get your money, dude. I'm all for you players getting their money. And, of course, the Steeler players are going to be pissed because they know what it is when he's on the field. That team is an absolute machine offensively. And with him not being there, it's a completely different team when you're looking at them offensively. And it's also a shame that it's a team that has a shot. Yeah. I mean, it's not like they're a shitty team. A like, shot? They're probably the second, the second, the second best team in the AFC. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, it, That's why I think the players are like super frustrated. I, I'll be honest, though. I am shocked that people are like saying coming out and saying make like going out of their way to make statements about it like there, i feel like there's more to it because players hold out all the time and no one does that like why is the offensive line clearly the dudes that are supposed to be your guys like players understand it's a business get your money whatever like there, there's something going on here like why are they why are they going after him now i i think part of it is the uncertainty like it was mike pouncey yesterday who said Le'Veon's gonna be in camp on Wednesday. Yeah, I guarantee it. Uh, the media ran with it, and now Mike Mike Pouncey's kind of like that. Uh, kind of a little assault on his character mm-hmm. because why keep it from him? You yeah. know, I understand keeping it from upper management. Now, if you're looking at a Steelers standpoint, right? If you're the Steelers, you don't have Le'Veon Bell for beyond this year. This might sound like something crazy to you, but the Steelers average one point a game more. When Le'Veon Bell is out of the lineup in the 16 games that he's missed in his career, then when he is in the lineup. Is that because they're playing catch-up and they're throwing the ball and they're scoring more points? I mean, it could be the case. Antonio Brown's numbers are absolutely ridiculous when Le'Veon Bell is not in the game. But it's also because that offensive line really sets the tone. Now, Le'Veon Bell knows exactly how to maximize running behind the best offensive line in football. Mm -hmm. He knows how to be patient. He knows how to wait for his blocks. And that's what makes him so good. That's what makes him the next level running back back there. But you got to be a completely incompetent running back not to have success behind the Pittsburgh offensive line. So if you're Pittsburgh, you're like, okay, this is a giant part of our offense that's missing. But we're also littered. Within, uh, we have an embarrassment of riches in, in weapons. We have the best O-line in the league. We have one of the most clutch quarterbacks in the history of the NFL. Uh, do I need to pay this dude 45 mil guaranteed when he's 27? And the answer is probably no. The problem with all this is two years ago when Le'Veon Bell started shining, signing these franchise tags, the Steelers didn't sign him to a long-term deal, deal then. That's what would have avoided all of this. But now that it's two years later, two franchise tags later, you see both of their sides. Both of their sides absolutely make sense. And that's why we're at such a stalemate, and that's why nothing's happening. That's why Le'Veon Bell's probably going to start the year sitting on his couch. Since 2013, the Steelers are 10-7 and in the regular season without Bell. 11-9 and if you count the playoffs. Uh, They're clearly, they're still winning without him. But it's just the scare of having Bell and Antonio Brown that makes this team so special. Yeah, it I is. Mean, yeah, he, he he adds to the team. He adds, obviously. Sure. I mean, obviously. Duh. Yeah. Um, I mean, for me, I'm hoping that a trade happens, the Khalil Mack style, and I'm hoping that it's my J E T E. I would absolutely have a raging hard on for the remainder of the football season. Mickey's a running back. Look, and he's one of the few running backs that move the needle. You know what I mean, he moves. He moves. He makes a difference. Yeah. Yeah. And they were gonna pay Khalil Mack the Jets. They have the money. 
Just saying. I would only give him like three years, though. A lot, lot of money. But like three years Look, only. But it's not... The NFL, there is a there is a certain way to do it. Like, you give him three years. You give him three years, quote marks. You really give him a five-year contract. You front-load it. You make sure that all the X's are crossed and the T's are crossed Cross. and the I's are dotted. And you can release him at, when he turns 30 if he struggles. How do you guys feel about James Conner filling in for him? He's a Pittsburgh dude. I feel like the crowd's going to be behind him. He went to Pitt, if I'm not mistaken. He um, did. That's the kid that had cancer, and then he had to miss a year also. And yeah, they said that he would have been a first-round pick, right? One of the offensive linemen said that if it wasn't for him having cancer and teams being afraid of that, he probably would have been a first-round pick as well. I mean, so you never know. Stars are born every day. Especially if that happens, like if he has a good like couple weeks or whatever. Because I, I, for me, I think that Le'Veon's going to sit no matter what. Unless there's some sort of sign and trade thing that happens. Something interesting with James Conner, he played 56 preseason snaps with the first unit because Bell obviously wasn't at camp. 19 for 100 yards and one touchdown. And out the backfield, seven catches for 61 yards. Tim, ready for this? PFF, number three running backs among 189 qualifiers. In what, the preseason? Yeah. You take that with a grain of salt, but it does. It shows you that he's productive. Productive. Yeah. yeah that, well, that's that's what back. I'm saying, and, and and also that he's running with ones. He's not doing this against number three and four units, guys that are going to be on practice squads because he was the number one running back on the depth chart since Bell wasn't there. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, also, something I wanted to talk about. Uh, Tim mentioned it before. Khalil Mack goes to the Bears, gets a big ass contract. Yeah. Can I just say something? What? How you give John Gruden $100 million and you can't pay one of the best defensive players in the NFL? I'll, <laughs> no, bro, I'll, I'll tell you dude, why. I'll I love you. that guy, man. I'll tell you why. Because it doesn't count against the cap. I'm no, not, I, I, I'm, I get that. I'm just saying like we're going to go like it's the principle. Look, people are really killing the Raiders, and, and it's deserved. right? The Raiders have absolutely botched this offseason. They've botched the last couple of days. They just released released Ryan Switzer, who they traded for. They released Martavis Bryant, who they traded a third round pick for. They traded Khalil Mack, their best defensive player. They traded a fifth round pick for AJ McCarron. Right? <laughs> that is, the, you know, objectively some really bad moves all in a row. Yes. Right. And then, but so they're getting slack. But the amount of slack they're getting for trading Khalil Mack, in my opinion, not really deserve that much because i just want you to imagine this imagine you're the raiders you're in a division with the chargers the chiefs you, you when you're an andy reed led team that you always got a shot the chargers look like they're stacked this year why am i forgetting the third team in their the division? broncos the broncos who just got a new uh running back and a really good defensive end right so they're going to contend and you're saying do i have a realistic shot at this division with this roster probably no am i going to sign khalil mack to a 95 million dollar extension guaranteed and then I have Derek Carr signed up, and you've got over $200 million over the next few years wrapped up in two players, and you have to rebuild. It doesn't equal a very successful rebuilding process. And you're talking about ones from the Bears. This is not ones from the Patriots. This is not ones from the Eagles. This is ones from the Bears. These are high, I- high draft picks, probably. I couldn't disagree more with you. Um, Khalil Mack is 26 years old, as I'm reading here. Like, this is the kind of guy that you want around so you can build around. And, look, you can also make the argument. I want to give credit to uh, 
uh, a friend of the show, my guy Drizzy, we were on Xbox yesterday, and he brought up a good point, Tim, where, sure, right now it looks like, oh, yeah, it's a one from the Bears, but you can make the argument that the Bears are going to be better now. So as opposed to being a team drafting in the top 10, they might be closer to 16 to 20. And in the next two years, they might not, they're not going to get a guy like Khalil Mack at that pick. And, and the Raiders also gave up a second-round pick to them, too. That second-round pick is a question mark. But in terms of just Khalil Mack, look, you can't... If you're going to build a house, right, and you're going to spend all the fucking money on the bricks and make it the best bricks possible, and then you run out of money and the, and the house don't have any fucking windows, what do you do with that house? Yeah. You're not going to do anything with it. And the, the place where the Raiders are at right now... You you could only pay one. You got to pick one person to build around. I feel like you can't have two. The problem is, I just feel like that. Like you said, I feel like that division is wide open. That division was wide open, right? There's no like big favorites win that division, and now you can probably say that the Raiders could be least likely to win that division. I already said that before that before this. So that's a lot of this thinking comes from the fact that I thought the Raiders were a six and ten team regardless. regardless. So right. now they're a four and twelve. Team. So now, yeah, they're a four and twelve team. They don't move the needle much. And now you're talking about although the Bears could be better, a pass rush doesn't fix all the problems that they had last year. Their front, their front uh, seven still can't stop the run. Yeah, you know they still they still have a long way to go. Their offense is full of question marks. You don't know what you're getting with Mitch Trubisky. You don't know what you have with Allen Robinson. You don't know if Taylor Gabriel could take the next step. You don't, you don't you don't know about Anthony Miller. You don't know about any of these guys. You don't know if Trey Burton could take the next step and be a starter. These are all upstart guys with potential. So, if I'm banking on is this is this going to be a, a pick it for 15 to 20? I think it's a better chance for the pick being being between one and seven than it is between 14 and 21. Maybe not, not the, only maybe not in the second year. In the second year, maybe not. So you, you got to remember, though, they also drafted Roquan Smith out of Georgia for the front seven, and you add Mac now. You're looking at two guys that could be all pros being added to this defense that ranked ninth in points allowed and 10th in yards allowed last year. The defense wasn't the issue. I agree with you with the concerns about the offense, but I don't know, man. You, you can't get rid of guys like Khalil Mack, dude. Those are, those are guys that don't come around often. He's 26. Yeah, like, right. dude, imagine if you traded, like, Ed Reed at 26. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, these are premier defensive all-pro talent players. Here, but I think here's where we're disagreeing. The If Ed Reed got traded away from the Ravens at 26, that wouldn't have made no sense. But if Ed Reed played for the Browns and they're going to lose anyway, and Ed Reed is just making mad money in the Browns secondary and he's not really making a difference... Go ahead and trade Ed Reed and get as many picks as you can. I just don't think that those picks turn out to be as good as Khalil Mack, and ultimately you lose. And also, we can't forget that they gave up a second-round pick, too, for him. I mean, that's that's yeah. fucking re- just the worst. Yeah. Uh, all right, cool. Another thing I wanted to touch on also, Antonio Gates is back at the Chargers. Someone on the show, I think it might have been Nick, said it was like, yo, they should just sign Antonio Gates again, and here he is. Yeah, Hunter Henry goes down for the season. Uh Bring back a familiar face. I don't know if he has any more records to break, but if he does, probably break him. Probably break him this he's year. He's still got some gas in there. For sure. He's nice. Nick, what do you think? Uh, I mean, it. I'm surprised it took this long. I, I would have probably brought him back in once Hunter Henry went down. 
because now like is he in shape like how many snaps can you re- realistically pencil him in for 15 to 20 you don't expect him to be running up and down the field like he was in the past i mean even last year there was one game that he really started because hunter henry was out with concussion with a concussion and it was against the jets uh six catches for 80 yards and a touchdown but yeah, I would have made this move earlier just so that he would have been in camp and would have been football ready. You know, it's funny. The I think the Chargers wanted to make their move earlier. Uh, there was a question given to one of their guys I heard on a on a radio show, and they said, and he said, "Why don't you just sign Antonio Gates?" Uh, and the and the GM was like, "Yeah, you know, we're waiting or something to, <laughs> to that." Uh, like. They wanted him. They wanted Gates. I think Gates didn't want to come to practice. He didn't want to come to OTAs. It's hot. Two a days. Yeah, and, and this is a guy, remember, they kind of disrespected him. They kind of let him walk, and he wanted to resign, but they didn't want to resign. So in terms of him, he's probably feeling a certain way. He's probably, you know, he's probably feeling a little salty. Also, in the, if you're looking at the Chargers, big move that went under the radar kind of is Hunter Henry was not put on IR. Um, so he has a chance to come back, maybe. Right, so maybe Antonio Gates just kind of takes that spot until Hunter Henry's ready to to reclaim it. Yeah. I don't think it's gonna move the needle much for them. Uh, it's gonna be nice to have a guy that's certain there, but I think I I I would imagine that Mike Williams ends up getting more of the Hunter Henry slack than Antonio Gates does. I don't know. I think that it does move the needle to me personally, especially in the red zone. This is a guy that's been playing with Philip Rivers for so many years, and it's like the comfortability and like you know just being in a rhythm with somebody. I think it. In the red zone, especially it, you know, it, it could play a factor there. But I, I agree. I don't think he's going to have like some crazy year with all these yards. But I do think in big time situations like short third downs or you know situations like that, Jason Witten situations, you have Antonio Gates and they have that uh, rapport. Um, another thing I wanted to talk about: Jerick McKinnon towards ACL. So now uh, San Fran's going to have to give it to Matt Breida and uh, Alfred Morris. Yo, pour one out, man. It sucks. I was yeah. I, I hitched a bunch of wagons to Jerick McKinnon this year, man. Yeah, for all of those fantasy teams that drafted Le'Veon Bell, and for all of those fantasy teams that drafted Jerick McKinnon, I feel you. You know what's crazy? There's definitely teams out there that have both. Because oh, Jerick McKinnon could you could get him on the second in that, the second round, or even or third. Yeah, if you're picking second, you could probably get him in the third. You're right. Third round. You're right. Jeez, that's rough. It's <sighs> season doesn't start and you lose two guys. Imagine oh, a big money league. Hell it's especially rough for the 49ers because a lot of people had that image, including myself, that this guy is Devonta uh, Devonta Freeman. Yeah. I, I have made many references, both on Brodo and here, about how they're both the exact same size dude and how they run the exact same way and how they look like the exact same guy and how Matt Breida is now kind of in a Tevin Coleman role. And now you're, you're in a situation where Alfred Morris now – Alfred Morris did have a good year last year, but he was playing behind an exceptional offensive line. And you have Matt Breida, who, although he is a good pass catcher, dropped a lot of passes last year. Um, definitely someone who is not proven in that sense. So you go from Jarek McKinnon, somebody that, you know, the, the 49ers are burning $11 million in the first year for Jarek McKinnon. So he, that's not something that you take lightly. And, then, and now you have to lean on Alfred Morris and Matt Breida instead. Uh, it's a big hit for a 49ers team that, honestly, I'm cooling on more and more day by day. And fairly limited weapons elsewhere as well. What, very limited. Very spe- limited. Especially in the red zone. Their their red zone weaponry is extremely limited. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I never... Um, I don't know. McKinnon never did it for me. I didn't understand the contract when they gave it to him. But, hey, when you're, when you're up next to get paid, you're going to get paid. 
what sucks for him is that if you guys read the report, it happened on the last play of practice, which mm-hmm. that got to be devastating for the team too. Like, yo, all right, man, we're about to go hit the showers. We might go hit a strip club. We might do something crazy. And then like your, one of the most important pieces on your team and what you're projecting your team to be just goes down. It got to be devastating for them. Goes down, not only goes down, but goes down untouched, which is the worst type of goes down. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, Earl Thomas reports to camp. He said something to the extent of like, I, I see the disrespect and I'm not going to forget it. So he's pissed, but he's going to play, which I know, Tim, you're kind of confused as to why he would, but he's there. I just, if you're Earl Thomas to me, you either got to go for it or not. You can't go, 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 and then back off the last second. Like, you got to be Le'Veon Bell or you got to be Aaron Donald. You know what I mean? Like, you got to make the choice. You either got to sit out until you sign or don't sign. It could be Dwayne Brown. Or or Dwayne Brown kind of situation. Like, something like that. You got to you gotta really have it. And especially when you're Earl Thomas, you're coming up on... This is in the later years of Earl Thomas. Now, he's, this is not like running backs where you're dead at 30. You could be a 34-year-old safety and still be effective. But it is... It is, you're getting a little bit older. The Cowboys are apparently pushing hard to get you, and you want to play for the Cowboys. He went to Texas. You're not giving him any type, you're not giving them any type of leeway at this point. On top of that, you're, the defense you're playing around is not the same. You're in a pretty big rebuilding mode. Uh, it's, it's hard to see, besides just like he misses football and he wants to play, it's hard to see the logic in it. Mm-hmm. But, um, I mean, it, it, in terms of a football standpoint, it does wonders for the Seahawks. Uh, I think he adds a win or two by himself. That's how much of an impact he has on that defense. As the leadership he brings, not just his presence and his abilities, but also the the ability to call the plays, the ability to use his teammates, and the ability to lead. Um, Ed Rita-ish. So he, he definitely brings that to them. So, I mean... That Seahawks team, I had them penciled in for last in that division, and all of a sudden, maybe not with Earl Thomas in there. Yeah. Um. All right, cool. Also, Josh Allen, as we know, goes down. Tim's boy. Nathan Peterman. Tim's boy. <laughs> starter for week one. Five picks against uh, the Chargers in, in the first half was uh, yeah. Nathan Peterman. Yeah. Yo, if you're a Bills fan, this has to be very concerning that – Josh Allen couldn't win the job over this guy. I don't think I don't know. I wouldn't say concerning. I think Josh Allen was a project to start with. Didn't he like smash his head on the ground and like he was out for a little bit? Who Nathan Peterman? No, Josh no. Allen. Oh, he got injured. He sma- He definitely smashed his head on the I ground. I don't was- know. That's why. I don't know if that's why he's not starting. But no, he I definitely don't know. got yeah. injured doing that. Yeah, but it is like. Nathan Peterman, bro. Because, yo, all offseason, all I was saying was like, yo, I don't even know how this guy has a contract. After throwing five picks in the first half. Yeah, like nothing about that looked good. I think Nick says it's the worst performance a quarterback uh, that a quarterback has ever shown. I mean, Yeah, without a doubt. (laughs) Brian Hoyer put up a good fight, though. That's true, yeah. And in the playoffs also. Ooh. tough. This could be the Bills as being smart. If you look at the Bills' schedule, they play at the Ravens. They play the Chargers. They play at the Vikings, at the Packers, who, by the way, is my new Saints when it comes to defense. I just drafted their defense all over every fantasy league that I have. Mike Pettin. Mike Mike Pettin, also Josh Jackson, their their cornerback. Oh, you're talking about the Packers. Yeah, they, yeah, they're the addition of Mo Wilkerson. Yeah, so their defensive say, quarter, say, their say de- his name, say his name, Tim. Who else back there, man? I, I mean, listen, 
Just because I don't think he's worth a first round pick doesn't mean I don't think he's he has value in a secondary. Ha ha right? ha ha. Clinton Dix is also a valuable sp- player in the secondary. There you go. Now, so so, the, so for those of you who don't know the Jet the the. The Packers now have former um, Jets defensive coordinator under Rex Ryan, Mike Pettin, and he brought over Mo Wilkerson. Right. So that I think that's a really improved defense. So after those four weeks, you ha- those are pretty hard matchups, and it's at the Packers. Never easy in Lambeau. But then after that kind of peels back a little bit in terms of defenses, the Titans, the Texans, if, if the Texans, you know, one of their guys gets hurt, which probably will happen, the Colts, um, and then you got the Patriots who, although they're uh, – Definitely a dominant force in the league. Wouldn't say they're a dominant defense by any stretch. The Bears, who now it looks a lot, the Bears' defense looks a lot better. The Jets. So I hear, I hear it, what you're it saying. Gets a though. little softer, you know yeah. what I mean? So maybe. Yeah, take all the this, honestly, I like those are hard games. Yeah. Like I didn't, I didn't hear all those games and go, yeah, it's not bad. Like that's gonna be tough. It's games. not as bad as the Ravens on the road. Yeah. And for the black jerseys. Yeah. That's and I don't shit. know, for some reason, the schedule got messed up. And, and the, the Vikings on the road. Yeah, it's tough. Those are really tough places. That's to play. two places that a rookie should not play in. Yeah, I mean, I hear you, but... Yeah, they'll same. go 0-4, and, and then they'll, th- they'll throw them in. The Bills <laughs> might not win a game this year. I'm not even lying. Uh, they'll go, they'll go. I, don't see them, I don't see them doing anything. Two unless, years in a row, no win teams? Unless Josh Allen <laughs> saves the day. I would put, I'll put money on them being the first round, the first pick. Maybe a whole $15 or something like that. Ooh. Big big bets Ooh. for Tim right That'll here. probably win you $16, though. <laughs> Everyone's kind of expecting that. Um, all right, cool. I think we covered everything in the NFL. Let's just like a little some storylines before the season starts for you. Uh, let's get into spitball. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, starting with no competition. Nick Saban finally declares Tua. I don't want to mess his name up, so I apologize if, if I butcher it. Tagovailoa. That's how, good. I was think that that's how, good? I think that's how you say it. Uh, I just call him Tua. Yeah. But uh, Nick Saban has officially come out and says that he will be the starter for week two uh, against Arkansas State. He looked great week one, and yeah. he's the clear best quarterback. Uh, if only the Jets didn't draft one, I would have loved, loved Tua at some point. You know oh, what? my no. God. Enough, bro. Be happy for once. You're right. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You, you're you know right. what, Sam Donald? I know, but, yo, this kid's a beast. Lefty. He can run. He can throw. He can do it all. Yo, honestly, he looks really good. He like looks he really good. Which is weird because usually their quarterbacks are just like, like, I could be out there. We'd probably win the championship. Yeah. I don't want to say <laughs> it, but he's like a Tebow that can throw the rock. I, he reminds me a lot of uh, Mariota in his Oregon days. I might just be being a tad racist. No, he's. I think he's more of a. He's a more of a run into you quarterback. Mariota was more of I'm a shake and bake you and run around you. Tebow would literally run you over, and and Tua does a lot of that too. That's true. Yeah. He he definitely looked. Did you guys see that Nick Saban got so pissed when reporters asked him that question? He was like, I don't know why you're making me degrade one of these quarterbacks in public. I said they're both playing. It's a weird southern dude who probably hits his kids a lot yeah. <laughs> with switches. Yeah. Uh, moving on. Uh, Asian Games. Uh, South Korea won the gold medal at the 2018 Asian Games. And, Impy, you ready for this? This is your boy. Hong Ming Song will not have to face a 21-month military service in his homeland. So out there, you have to, you're like obligated to serve in the military. And since they won this, he doesn't need to. Uh, English Premier League fans know him. He plays for Tottenham Hotspurs. So, yeah, pretty cool pretty cool story, man. And it was very emotional for the players of South Korea. Fire. If you win a soccer championship, you don't have to serve in the military for 21 months is the most Korean thing I've ever heard. <laughs> it's also, yep. like, the the best, like, 
it's <gasps> incentive to win. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that better than winning like a gold medal or like? Yeah, a, you're like, yo, like honestly, no guns. <laughs> if I knew this, I would have hammered them. Like, bro, they're playing for their lives. Especially when you're South Korea, and the person you're probably gonna be fighting is gonna be North Korea. Yeah, it's Jesus. probably not what I'm gonna not gonna want to be in that army. Yeah. Um, open for business. Uh, the U.S. Open is heading into the home stretch. Some people who played t- tonight, so I can't give you exact matchups, but some of the names still in the running for the championship as of Wednesday night are Novak Djokovic. Mm. Um, he almost lost in the first round because of some crazy heat that we've been experiencing here in oh, yeah. Queens. It's Woo. been fucking hot. Humidity. Um, John Millman, who upset it, who upset Roger Federer and has gone a little viral because he's like, yeah. I don't know who to take, Todd Gurley or Le'Veon Bell in my draft tonight. <laughs> I, I bet he knows now. I hope he took Gurley. Yeah. And on the women's side, Serena Williams beat, beat Venus to advance the semifinal, and American Madison Keys. Beat still, the shit out of her, too. Yeah, still has it. She has a history of beating the shit out of her older sister. Yeah, come on. And then uh, she's a, just an animal, though. Yeah, she's crazy. Uh, and Madison Keys uh, also still has a chance to win it. And ladies and gentlemen... That is the first time tennis has ever been mentioned on Venom's Venom. Let's go. Congratulations. Venom Venom Venom. Did I, I didn't say Venom. Yeah, Venom's. you didn't say it right. Uh, but yeah, I was so excited. Yo, I may be crazy, but I feel like the U.S. Open has gained some traction this year for some reason. I've been seeing more of it. Okay. Like, and I think there's more people who are interested in it. I started playing tennis, so maybe just like I'm talking about tennis more, so maybe it's just in your head more. No, but like, I, no, I've been seeing more people like have an interest in it. Just like, to, randomly. I'll go to someone's house. They'll be watching it. And I'll uh-huh. be like, oh, okay. And then like people are just talking about it. It oh. is. It's played in our backyard right now. So yeah. Also tennis. That could be it too. A lot of people going. Fire sport that I have not appreciated enough up until this point in my life. It's, it's mad exciting to watch. Really exciting. Really, uh, really it, exciting stuff. Yeah. You know, I, I think I've said this story before, maybe to you guys off air, but I once in uh, a couple years ago, the Australian Open was being played and it was Nadal Federer. No, it was Nadal Djokovic. It was like at four in the morning. I don't know why I was up, but dude, I was fascinated by it. Yeah. There's nothing like a good tennis like bar fight like that where it's like the top two guys or girls in the in the world. It's like when the scores are tied, they're really close, and then it's like a volley back and forth, and like. Yeah. Oh, you love when there's just like a thirty like hit volley. You're like, oh my, who's gonna score? <laughs> yeah, and yeah. and let me tell you something. As someone who picked up a racket for the first time this year and had no kind of like, I don't even play ping pong. I have no type of tennis what like Ackerman whatsoever that shit is hard like hitting that thing and making it not go 75 feet <laughs> in the air you gotta get over it is hard this kid's a tennis legend ps2 it's really <laughs> it's joe i was good at that yeah, yeah. when well, i was good especially because i'm baseball trained so every yeah, like, night. it's all like, like lift. Lift. you have it's to lift. go up you have to go over oh, it yeah. it's hard you just gotta slice hard. Sa-sa. <laughs> Sa-sa. uh cheers ryan Former Phillies uh, star Ryan Howard announced his retirement from baseball in a letter to the Players' Tribune. That's a lot of what people are doing these days. Uh, Howard was 38. He hasn't played in the majors since 2016. He's been a free agent since November. Um, he signed a couple minor league deals with the Braves and the Rockies, but um, his entire most of his career was spent with uh, the Phillies. And he was a Met killer, uh, and he was a he was very good for like a five year span, right? I think like 2006 to 2011, he was uh, a killer to say the least. Injuries he was one of the most him. popular players in the league. At yeah, one point. for sure. And then he got hurt. The two, I think he had like two Achilles injuries or one Achilles injury. He won an MVP one year, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. You know how you know you're real as an out athlete? He made a cameo in Entourage too. <laughs> a big one, a speaking part. Yeah, and yeah, also yeah. The Office. Oh, that's how you know you've you've reached the, the top. Say that too. <laughs> I just want to say one thing to Ryan Howard because you you brought me a lot of pain as a young child. Uh, fuck you, but <laughs> I, knew I that was coming. But I respect you and I hope you enjoy your 150 million dollars in retirement. Yeah. <laughs> you deserve it. 
like father, like son. Ronaldo's kid in his first game with the Juventus youth team scored four goals and passed <laughs> up on a passed up on a penalty kick just so someone else could score. So well, like, like father, like son, for real. Except for that penalty kick thing, you know. Ronaldo oh yeah, was Ronaldo. Would, just like, Yo, get the fuck out of take. the way. Like father, like son. You think he's like he got all the girls in first grade? He got all oh, the girls yeah. in first yeah, grade. Yeah, probably second grade. Yeah. Um, more degromination. So last time I had a degromination. Jacob DeGrom has degrominated even further since then. With his performance on Monday night against the Dodgers, Jacob DeGrom now has allowed three or fewer runs in 25 straight starts. That ties an MLB record. The last person to do this was in 1910, and his name was King Cole. Yes, it might as well have never been done before. Um, (laughs) Somehow his record still 8-8. Um, the Mets have scored only 3.43 runs per game in DeGrom's starts. That's second fewest for any pitcher in the entire MLB. Um, if him pitching wasn't enough, he's also been smoking hot at the plate. Five RBIs. In three of his four games. Uh, I'm sorry, he has an RBI in four of his last six games. In three of the four games where he has an RBI, he was the only runs the Mets scored. Literally carrying the team on his back. Listen to this one. This one's going to blow your mind. As of Monday, Jacob DeGrom has a 1.68. ERA this season. His That's insane. No, here comes even more insanity. His ERA in wins is 0.97. <laughs> His ERA in no decisions and losses is 1.97. And if you were wondering, that beats out Chris Sale for the best ERA in the league. <laughs> yeah. In his losses! That's crazy. In his wins, he's the most unstoppable, unhittable pitcher in the history of the world. Yeah. Yeah, that's wild. So the the most recent game that he started, uh, the Mets wound up winning, but he obviously didn't get to win because they wanted in extra innings and he wasn't on the mound. Right. So go figure. The camera cuts to him as Nemo hits the three run home run, <laughs> and he just like starts smiling because like, you know, he's a team guy. Um, so. But at some point, it becomes fucking comical. That's exactly what was going on. He's yeah, it's like, he's yo, like, this is hilarious. Like, I'm so fucking good, and you guys suck. Yeah. <laughs> Um, especially considering like the Will Ponds and pay the man and no one's, no one's paid on that squad and no one will ever get paid on that squad. Pay the man. We, we're, we're like the Oakland athletics. We're going to be not, good every 10 years. But so should he win the Cy Young? Yes. Right. Yeah. I mean, the people who I are mean, saying that he shouldn't win the Cy Young because of his low win total. Um, I think first of all, you're stuck in 1974. And second of all, this is not most valuable pitcher. It's best pitcher in the league. And, and also, we saw we saw King Felix do it too. Wasn't he like thirteen and twelve, and he won it? Yep. Right. Right. But I mean, yeah. So you've seen it before, where it, uh, it, it's such a numbers based award, and a lot of times, like, yo, if I throw nine innings and I have a shutout, and my team can't score, and I've thrown one hundred and twenty p- pitches, and I get I get pulled, like I don't get the decision, you know. But I did my part. My team just couldn't score. Mm-hmm. Not to mention, he's been healthy. He makes every start. He's, I, I agree. This is not a team award. This is an individual award. I think that people who are saying that Jacob DeGrom can't win the Cy Young are either Phillies fans and really <laughs> want Aaron Nola to win the Cy Young Fuck or who knows? They're haters. I don't understand it because the the way that this guy is pitching, and I've been saying this for years about Jacob DeGrom, um, he has a fastball that's unlike anyone else's in the majors. Now, it's not humanly possible to do this, but he does it anyway. His fastball rises. Like, 
His fastball tails in such a weird manner that it looks like it rises, and hitters are absolutely st- stumbled, and they, they're completely fucked. It's like a wiffle ball. Is it because he was a shortstop originally? Do you think that has anything to do with it? Like he was a posi- So for those of you who don't know, Jacob DeGrom was a position player in college, and I want to say up until the minor leagues. or In ma- the minor leagues. In he, was mi- a he, was a, yeah, he was a position player in the minor leagues, and then but did he get hurt or got hurt and needed Tommy John surgery? After Tommy John surgery, he was working at his arm. And everyone was like, hey, you could pitch. <laughs> and in the, uh, in the process of rehabbing, he did the same movement over and over again that muscle memory has allowed him to become. What he, what is really, he throws 99 when he mm-hmm. wants to, but he's, he's really more around 94, 95. And what his real like, weapon is, is he could spot the ball. He could literally put yeah. any ball wherever he wants. And that's just because of muscle memories and reps and reps and reps and reps. A lot of the baseball guys that I know, they, they say that, he has really, really, really great form. Like they try to teach Jacob Degrom's form, so he'll play a long time. He'll play a long time. He, he's a, like you said, he's a position player. I think he'll play a long time. Pay him. And you know, if I'm Jacob Degrom, you know he he isn't he is a team guy. Mm-hmm. He doesn't care about the money. Um, he said, you know, the Mets have every right to use me until my contract is up and then let me go. He said that himself. If I'm him, also the the Mets were good to him. They, he could have got hurt. They could have let him go. But instead, they worked with him. They made him a pitcher. They got him the rehab. They got him the training staff that made him so good. So um, it's you, the Mets don't make the right moves a lot, but giving Jacob DeGrom a chance is, is paid off big time, obviously. Not in wins, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not uh, in wins. All right, cool. Let's get to our first week one games of the week. We're going to be spotlighting three games as we always do. Oh! Okay. It's never that just loud. Came. It's never that loud. I just came. It's never that loud, though. Come on. It's never that loud, yeah. You guys aren't. Oh, what is that? You guys aren't fucking right. I thought you were. I thought you were <laughs> it sounded like someone stepped on your dick with high heels or some shit. That's exactly what happened. Well, I mean, <laughs> isn't that what orgasm feels like? Some people are into that. <laughs> Uh, You're right. No, some people are. Yo. You ever see like videos randomly on the internet of someone just like some chick with like a sneaker on just kicks some guy in the balls and he's like, yeah. Yo, the it's weirdest. so weird. When Why? I was young, there was like bal- people would sit on balloons and pop them and people would jerk off to it. <laughs> 89.com. For those of you who needed porn when you were a little kid. Yo. 89.com. Wow. You, it got to the point where you were scrolling down every single one of those Freaky videos and balloon popping was right in there. That's mad funny. That's popping. Shout out to the hub, though. Word. Facts. Uh, <laughs> all right. Pre-hub. First game we're going to get to is Chiefs at Chargers. I think this is uh, a matchup that's pretty tough. I mean, in my opinion. Yep. I mean, I, I know we're doing the confidence p- uh, picks mm-hmm. for uh, you know the Patreon and everything. This is one of the games that I have lower because it's like, I don't really know how this is going to go. No. I want to see some Patrick Mahomes. I want to see how he does. I want to like... You know, if he's an if he's an idiot out there, or if he's just chucking the ball downfield and it's not near, near anyone, like I want to see what's what's going on. But these are two high powered offenses too, mm-hmm. so I want to see what happens. Can I just start by saying I, I spoke to Nick about this earlier. I don't know why everyone's so high on the Chargers. They start zero four last season, right? And then they win three straight. But those three games that they win, Giants, Raiders, Broncos, shitbag teams. <laughs> Wait, hold on, no, I just love the shitbag. <laughs> the thing. The, the, let me paint the picture, right? So the 0 and 4, then they they beat three bad teams, shitbag teams. Then they lose two straight, and they go to three and six. And then they win four straight. But those four games that they win after are the it's the Nathan Peterman game, the five picks in the first half. Um, they beat the Browns by nine at home, barely win. Uh, they beat Dallas with Zeke suspended. 
uh, and then they beat Washington. So they didn't really show me much. The Chargers were 0-5 against opponents that ended 2017 with double-digit wins, and they went 6-2 and against opponents that finished the season with double-digit losses. So they lose to good teams, and they beat the bad teams. I'm high on the Chiefs, man. Last time the Chargers lost to the Chiefs in the regular season, I mean, last time the Chargers beat the Chiefs in the regular season, Tim, do you know how long ago it was? Uh, no. 2013. Five years. Really? Regular season, yes. At home yeah. or yeah. just in general? general? No, in general. general. I couldn't believe that before, too, That's when he said that on DB. Absolute dominance. And so it's Andy Reid's wow. division. I think the Chiefs are more high-powered this year than they have ever been. I think this is the best offense he potentially has had in Kansas City. Give me the Chiefs. I'm also, but I'm, at the same, like, I appreciate those stats and everything, but it's still, you're still fucking with a guy who you haven't seen toss the ball yet. Yeah. So I'm like, I still want to see because Alex Smith is a good quarterback. I would even, he's one of the better quarterbacks. I would not want, you know he's a I mean. winner. He's a, he's, he's a, a game man. He's not going to turn the ball over. He can make plays on his feet and shit. What is Patrick Mahomes going to, well, Mahomes can do the same thing with his legs that yes, Alex Smith can that. do. But can, no, no, he can. Yes, but like can, I'm, I, I'm saying right, that he has as he, he has is, the ability to he is as mobile gotcha as Alex Smith sure gotcha. yeah he's definitely his mobility is definitely slept on I actually told Impy I was like yo if we can if, uh, on DB I was like yo if I could give you a do over on any team what would you what would you say and I picked the the Chiefs I think that uh, the Chiefs might play themselves into I know I have them as a playoff team but they might be a little higher than that like they might be a, a top seed if Mahomes pans out. I, it's all contingent on, on Mahomes. Like, it's just like, sorry, but I love the Chiefs this year just because of the simple fact that you know what you got with Alex Smith. Like, you know what you got with him. What if what if Mahomes actually makes them better? Like, what if they... But get, that's your... At, your it's a tough ask. You're right. So here's, here's the only difference in my eyes. The Chargers have gotten better since last year when this all happened, and the Chiefs have Bingo. gotten worse. And the, the Chargers have added two players in the offensive line that's going to make a, a great... Fair. A great combo there for Slamp and, and uh, one of the Pouncey. Yeah. And look, if you're the Chargers, this is a giant statement game, right? This yeah. is the first time they're in the driver's seat in the division, honestly, since LT and Sean Merriman were doing the lights out dance. You know, like they're playing they're playing in against the division champs, right? Now, Kansas City last year, then this is one of the more alarming stats. 32nd, dead last in the NFL. In DVOA against the run, 22nd against the pass. This was not a good defense, and they downgraded in a lot of positions. They lost Tomba Ali. They lost Derek Johnson. They lost Marcus Peters. There's a lot of defense on that. There's a lot of question marks, excuse me, on that defense. And on the offensive side, yes, you have the ability to change, and you have the ability to get better, but you also saved the defense a lot by not being turnover prone. So I'm worried about if that defense gets on the field too much, what kind of backlash that could that could have with that being said though the chiefs are probably one of the more intriguing teams mm-hmm. because even though the the names got worse the speed went up on their defense they get eric berry back yep which he hasn't been back yet but they say he's gonna be back he's they're very they're being very josh gordon first two episodes of hard knocks about this when it comes to eric berry so you don't know what's going on with him but he might not even play week one I, I would be surprised if he does at this point because uh, unless they're just hiding him and they're just going to throw him out there. That's that's. I mean, it's a possibility. Well, no, actually, nowadays you can't you can't hide. That's why you have the injury report. You can't well, hide players from. You know what I mean? They're they're not going to mark him out. They're going to mark him uh, doubtful in any plays or questionable in any plays. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that um, 
this is also the healthiest that the Chargers have been coming into a year in a long time. I know they lost Hunter Henry, but, uh, you know, they get Gates in like we touched on before. Jason Verrett, you can nitpick at that. It would have made them better for sure. This is a former first-round pick, but also he didn't play last year. And Trevor Williams is a guy that doesn't really get any any publicity or any anybody talking about him, but he had a pretty good year last year. It was one of the top-rated number two corners in football. We know about Casey Hayward. And, yo, also, I've been doing some research. They say that edge rushers is what really covers up all the mistakes in the secondary. I know it's kind of obvious when you think about it, but it's like you got you got Melvin Ingram and you got Joey Bosa. I think them two alone could make any defense good. So I think that the, the Chargers are coming into the year the healthiest they've been in a very long time. Yeah, I mean, Jeez. it's going to be a good game. Look, if you're the Chiefs, it's a statement game on both ends. If you're the Chargers, you want to come out and beat the defending division champs. You want to stamp yourself, all right, this is our division to win this year. This is finally our time. And if you're the Chiefs, you want to take your little brother and you want to throw him in the room and you want to spank him. Yeah. You want to say, hey, you can't beat us. You never could beat us. You still can't beat us. Yeah. So this is going to be a giant statement game right off the bat. And it's yeah. going to mean a lot because, look, division games, no matter if they're the first game, 15th game, they mean a lot. They mean more than any other game. Mm-hmm. So you're playing the top two teams in the division on paper are playing each other week one. That is going to be a giant, giant game. Mm-hmm. I'm with Joe. I, I, in my confidence picks, I put this completely last. They're worth one point. I, I, it's this is going to be a, a really, really intriguing game to watch. Yeah, it's going to be a tough one, honestly. Uh, I, I also, you know, he's a second-year player, but he's a rookie in the sense of being a starting quarterback. It's week one. You're playing a good team. You're playing Phillip Rivers. A lot of pressure. So I could see some, you know, shakiness that you would see from a rookie quarterback. You know what I mean? We saw it from Deshaun Watson in the beginning when he was making some, you know, wrong throws or whatever, but then he actually ended up panning out. So, I mean... We'll see how it goes. I could I could still see Patrick Mahomes panning out past this week. I don't think that this game is gonna, you know, solidify anyone as the leader of the fucking Yeah. Unless it's an absolute fucking blowout, then maybe. Yeah. Um all right, cool. Let's get to the next game here. We got the Texans at the Patriots. Speaking of Deshaun Watson, he's making his return uh back to the field against Tom Brady and whoever the fuck he's throwing the ball to out there. They have three receivers at the moment, I think, on the roster. Uh, Patterson, Hogan, and uh, Philip Dorsett. They, yeah. just, they just worked out a guy today. I can't remember who. But three Kendall receivers. Wright. Kendall Wright, Kendall yeah. Wright. Former good player. Three receivers. Former good player. <laughs> three receivers, Rex Burkhead and Gronk. And James White. And James White. James. Gronk's going to get L- work. Little James. Gronk's going to get work. So what's the recipe to beat the New England Patriots? Pressure. Hit the quarterback. Tom Brady. What do the Texans do a really, really good do a good job of when I, they're healthy? I will say this. We don't know that yet. Look, in our fantasy land, in <laughs> in make-believe world where everything is cookies and, and ice cream, the Texans have two guys that each have 15 sacks a year. Yeah. But Whitney Merciless, no slouch, though. No, either. not at all. And they got another guy on the line who's a great run defender. That's yeah. not the point. And also, they got a new safety, too, back there. Sure. Who can who can get after the quarterback? Who by the can way? get after the quarterback as well? He's a blitzing safety. But before he hurt his knee, we got to take that into consideration. I'm just saying they match up really. Houston matches up really well in New England. I don't see that at all. My biggest my biggest thing is the 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 wideouts like Chris Hogan like now more than ever because uh, Edelman's not playing mm-hmm. because of the fucking PEDs or whatever. 
like you're you're getting a one. It's a target on your back, or whatever. And I don't know. Was he getting that anyway? Edelman's in the slot, right? Most of the time. Yeah. So whatever. But that also, Coral Patterson, Philip Dorsett. These are guys that are like, all right, you yeah. know, whatever. We've seen Brady do it before, but I don't know. Yeah. It's tough. The Texans team that you think is trending up, who have young, fast as shit, yeah. wideouts. Maybe the best wideout in the league in DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they have a good offense also. So I could see this game, like, being high scoring as fuck. Yeah. But it's going to be interesting. So Houston lost, what, I think by three points. It was Deshaun Watson's second start when they played the Patriots in the regular season last year. Um, the mobility, his mobility caused them some issues. He was pressured like 25 times. They sacked him twice. Um, finished with like 41 yards on the ground, eight carries, and then 300 passing yards, two touchdowns. Um, I think the mobile quarterback and the pass rush will definitely be a problem for New England. Do I think that New England wins this game? Absolutely. But do I think it's close? Yes. Especially because Bill O'Brien is a disciple of Bill Belichick's as well. So there's some... Romeo Cornell as well comes from New England. There's a lot of synergy between the two. And so I think it's going to be a close game. Uh, I I like the Patriots in this matchup because I just... If you're asking me... All right, so when you have a guy like Deshaun Watson, he left a lot of stones unturned last mm-hmm. year. I mean, that was something that he really did. So you have a guy like that. He could come out and kind of... You know, be a little overzealous. And yes, he was on pace to throw for 58 touchdowns. He was also on pace to throw 22 interceptions. Right? So he's. That's also 36 more touchdowns. (laughs) No, listen, I'm not not saying that it's it's bad. I'm just saying that the man turns the ball over. He's turnover prone. Uh, He was sacked like 18 times, I believe, is the the number. So he holds the ball and he turns it over. Um, The Patriots added. uh, uh, Is it. Claiborne, Adrian Claiborne. I don't know why I want to say Mo Claiborne. He's a Jet. Yeah. So Adrian Claiborne, right? Trey Flowers could get after the quarterback a little bit. And you're talking about the worst offensive line in football. Again, Dante Hightower is also coming back healthy 100%. He's a giant dis- uh, difference yeah. maker on that Patriots defense. Uh, I just think that in this situation, now if Houston was paying the Patriots in week four, I think it would, I would feel a little different about it. But you're starting the year. It's your first game. You're going against... The Patriots, who are the storied franchise, you have this unturned stone, this unfinished business. There's all this hype around you. I just think Deshaun Watson makes one or two mistakes too many. I think that uh, Bill Belichick is going to force him into a couple mistakes um, because that's what Bill Belichick does to young players. And uh, I like the Patriots in this game because of that. Uh, it's a it's a big line, but I, I like the Patriots in this game because of that. I uh. I feel really strong about this game. Um, I think that it's a, it's a good time to play the Patriots. You want to play them early where there's a lot of question marks, right? You don't know what the offensive line is going to look like. You don't know who's going to be the guy in the backfield. They had to bring in Kendall Wright, who was getting like 120 targets and caught three passes last year from Mitchell, Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, I agree with Tim. Yo, Hightower coming back definitely changes that entire defense in the front seven. Um, I don't know what to make of the secondary in New England, so it's gonna be it's gonna be a shootout for yeah. sure. It's gonna be a fun game to watch. Uh, the Texans have been getting owned since 2010. They've only beaten the Patriots one time, and on average, they lose by 12 points or more. Oof. So this hasn't been a fun time. That coaching disciple, but uh, Belichick is showing up who Daddy is in this matchup. Yeah. 
For real. Just really quickly, just to, to piggyback, the New England defense started off very, very, very slow last year. And then I always bring up the fact that early in the season, missed coverages, blown coverages. Just, I expect a shootout as well. Yeah, I expect it to be very close, to be yeah. honest with you. Yeah. Yo, one. Tim, Tim, can I ask you a question? Because me and you are on complete opposite sides of the spectrum when it comes to the Texans. The Texans win this game. Do you feel different about them? Depends how. If they win the game because J.J. Watt looks healthy and like he's back and that defense causes havoc and causes the Patriots not to score points, I'm, I am changing my feeling about them. But if it's because I still feel like the, the Texans can be good, they're just two key injuries away from not being good, and that's what makes me not like them. So if it, I mean, if the reason is that the defense is stopping the Patriots, then I can get on it. If the, but I already know Deshaun Watson's good. Uh, the only problem I have with it is that he's playing behind the worst offensive line in the league, and he and you got he's not the type to get sacked. I mean, I'm sorry, he's not the type to to just take a you know like Eli. That guy's on the ground, and the, the the defensive end is still like three feet from him. He's not even past the line of scrimmage. He's like, that guy's gonna hit me. I'm gonna fall down. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. And that, but that's how you survive. Yeah. Deshaun Watson is not the type of guy. So it just it makes me nervous playing behind that line. It, but it may be the case now after that injury. Like maybe the coaching staff was like, hey, listen, just go down. You're a kid. Fucking extend your career. That's don't, they, don't that, be a hero. That's what they told RG three. And look at him. Exactly. Yo. Don't you think, though, every single team is two injuries away from it changing their season? I mean, like last year, we saw Rodgers go down, and that changed everything about the Packers. Hell, even the NFC changed. I mean, but the Packers also like only missed the playoffs by a game or two, and the Texans became the worst defense in the league and the worst offense in the league, all wrapped in one. Yeah, I think there's, a, there's different levels, I think, to how I much— I mean, J.J. Watt is probably the biggest— game changer on defense and i i would say deshaun watson could be in terms of game changers in terms of importance to their team well just be the right simple fact that he's a quarterback also yeah but i'm right. saying like jj watt i think makes a big difference that dude moves the shit out of the needle but going back to nick's original question i think nick i don't change my season outlook on them but i do change my game to game outlook on them so if I'm, I'm just analyzing them week to week until one of those guys gets hurt then um i'm looking at them differently than my season-long projection all right. Fair enough. Uh, all right, our last game that we have here is the 49ers against the Vikings at Minnesota. Jimmy. Uh, Jimmy G's taking on Kirk Cousins, both starting a season with a new team. Well, Jimmy yeah. G, he was in the – oh, no, yeah. he, was on, he was on it last year, right? Yeah, they, we won five straight. Like, yeah, he, he came in. You know, he didn't start the season with them, though. That's what I mean. That's fair. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see. A lot of people love the Vikings, obviously, this year. They got a lot of weapons on offense. But Jimmy G also won five straight, five straight, five straight last year to end the season. So is that going to carry over, or are the Vikings just going to fucking whip their dicks out? Nick, you can start. Uh, yeah, I think the Vikings are going to whip their cocks out. Mm-hmm. Um, in the last in the last ten games, the Vikings have played at home in Minnesota in the dome. Shout out to that uh, Viking clap. They're giving up thirteen points per game. And a couple of games in that have been single-digit games. You know, the reason why that number is a little inflated is because they gave up 24 points to the Saints in that playoff game, the most that they've given up in the last 10 games there. Uh, This is a team that, Tim mentions it all the time, literally every single unit of theirs has an all-pro caliber player. Uh, They're probably the most complete team in the league. 
I'd put the Eagles when they're healthy up there as well, and maybe like the Rams now with those additions. But going back to Minnesota, man, let's not forget, this is a team that at home, they've become the new Seattle. This is a home field advantage like no other in the NFL. Uh, Mike Zimmer has won 80% of his games at home since he became the head coach. That's the most in the NFL, even more so than uh, Bill Belichick in New England. Uh, they get Kirk Cousins now, too. And, yo, I, I'm so high on Dalvin Cook this year in all aspects. This guy had a usage rate similar to Le'Veon Bell and David Johnson in 2016 in those first four games. And now he's coming back. He's ditched the knee brace. Latavius Murray, he'll probably uh, vulture a couple touchdowns from him. But overall, man, I think this offense is legit stacked top to bottom. Uh, The only uh, worry with the Vikings is... I mean, you got Kirk Cousins coming in, new quarterback, new quarterback. Also, the offensive line is trash. Yep, it's one. Of, it's a really bad offensive line. So I want to say really bad. I know. I think it's. I think but it's bad. bad. I Bottom mean, half of the league, easily. I think. Yeah. So, it helps also, but it does help that you have weapons galore because with that, obviously, you could dink and dump, and you have a bunch of fast guys over there. I mean, Adam Thielen, Stefan Diggs, and. Kyle Rudolph and shit. So, and even Dalvin Cook out of the backfield can catch the ball. So it's like that. that's one of my only concerns is like you have a bad offensive line, new quarterback. It's like you got to get in sync with these yeah. wide receivers. You need to take, That takes some time to get acclimated. It's not just a camp where it's just going to happen that, that fast. Kirk Cousins we all know to be a good quarterback, but it's just the getting involved in the offense and you know, getting the timing down with certain guys and stuff like that. Like that stuff takes time. So that would be my only concern here. But I do think – the Vikings uh, win this game. Yeah, I think the defense is just too good at home. So yeah, that's sort of like you said. Minnesota's offensive line is the problem. They're definitely the the weak link on this squad, right? So then the the question begs itself naturally: who's getting who's getting pressure for the Niners? Who is the person who's going to do it? Is it Salomon Thomas? Is it Bruckner? Is it Armstead? Like, these are three guys who were picked high, but not for nothing, defensive players from the Pac-12, <laughs> not exactly the best track record in the NFL. Last year, they had one of the worst rates of getting to the quarterback. I think they were 28th in the league at pass ru- I mean, at uh, something about efficiency and getting to the quarterback. I don't know what these fucking numbers are. They probably weren't getting to the quarterback right. a lot because people were probably running the ball down their throats because they had the lead a lot. Right. And not well, yes. And they were also just really bad at getting to the quarterback in general. On top of that, Richard Sherman, uh, according to reports, has been getting absolutely murked <laughs> in oh, yeah. practice. Now, a lot of that could be like you're going against a track star and Marquise Goodwin, but it doesn't get any easier when Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen are across from you. And yeah. not for nothing, if you're going to stay on one side like Sherman usually does, Laquan Treadwell, who, if he does one thing correctly, it's go deep. You know, so. You're not getting any easier than Marquise Goodwin. I think they test him early. I think they test him often. Uh, I'm going to agree with Nick. I think Dalvin Cook has a big game in this in this one. Um, I hope he can stay healthy. I think Kirk Cousins has more weapons than he's ever had in his life. Uh, yep. Kyle Rudolph, I think, is in for a really big game in this one. Uh, he has... Sorry, he's facing rookies and backup linebackers. Malcolm Smith, who they signed from the Raiders, he's hurt right now. We don't know if he's going to play. So 
that linebacking core is also really young and really unexperienced and and hurt. And Ruben Foster is suspended. Ruben and the safeties are going to have to spy because I think Richard Sherman is going to be getting burned. So that leaves Kyle Rudolph on linebackers. Yeah, I think he has a big game also. So I I mean he's one of my favorites in fantasy this week and that's why and I think that I I don't know I really think like Nick said I think that the Vikings are just going to pull out their their skull cocks and yep. give a little bit of a. Don't Hello, the yeah, Viking horn is sick. Those things, <laughs> those things kind of cancel each other out because my concern with the Vikings is the offensive line. But it's be, because you have Kyle Rudolph and because they have such a bad linebacking core now, especially with Ruben Foster being uh, suspended. That's the easiest throw to make. I talk about that all the time. Comfortable throw to make as well. So it's like I could just dump it off here. And obviously, again, the talent on the Vikings is absurd. Yep. Like their offense is crazy. Their Dalvin Cook is back. We already saw we saw Dalvin Cook when he like before he got hurt. This dude is nasty, and he was getting looks and shit. And Kirk Cousins is no slouch, man. Like I was talking about, you know how it takes some time to get acclimated to receivers and stuff, but you know the great quarterbacks figure it out. And I think that he is, you know, he's up there. As, as he has, he's had. It, it seems like Stephon Diggs is emerging as his guy in the preseason. He got the majority of the targets when Kirk Cousins was Kirk Cousins was in the lineup, but I, I think that. Uh, I think Stephon Diggs and Thielen, once again, are going to be so solid. And, yo, there's a lot of weapons there, man. And like Tim said, this is this is easily the best offensive roster he's ever had. Yeah, yeah. without like, a question. He was thrown to, what, Jamison Crowder and, and Doxon last year? And who else was he throwing the ball to? I mean, he had Deshaun Jackson, I think, once. Yeah, Pierre Garçon. Pierre yeah, Garçon. Jordan Reed Bellis, for a season. Bellis, yeah, but listen to Jordan what? Reed for five seconds. Yeah. yeah. So. All right. Uh, all right. Say it, Joe. Say it. We got to get to our picks. Yes! I'm going for back-to-back-to-back back to back right now. That's crazy, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, that th- Nick, that's crazy, by the way. What? This kid. I got a good feel for the game. Sometimes it doesn't take so much analysis. <laughs> look, 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 look. Overanalyzing All you got to know is you I You got to start- go to your gut. You can't jump off a bridge because of a stat sometimes. I may have started slow last year. Shut up. Here we go. But the we- big dick of the big here we go. Oh yeah, how long you're waiting on that one? <laughs> the whole year. You wrote that down. Like the Sultan of the s- yeah. Shut spread. up. Um, <laughs> since uh, bo- since boss isn't here, I'm going to <laughs> rattle off his picks for him, and then Tim, you could go ahead and have your fun. Yep. Uh, but <laughs> hold on, hold on, you're doing your own picks. I'm doing boss's picks. He can though. do boss's oh, picks. Oh, oh, you're no, doing. You got your own picks. I, I'll yeah, do, yeah, yeah. No, you, you, you do do them. I'll do. Because I do have picks. my own picks. I don't even. Where do I, I have to write them down? Shouts to boss. <laughs> well prepared here. Joe. Yeah, you're good. Go. <laughs> Boss has the Vikings minus five and a half. Against? Niners. Niners at home. Yeah. All right. He has the Chiefs plus three and a half. Oof. I can't Chargers. believe he took that game. Let's go. See, some boss is doing the right He's this got year. balls. That's he's, why he started like two and eight last year, but whatever. He wasn't taking chances. Or maybe <laughs> yeah, he, but he's he, won, he won that big money pool that he was in. Boss That's true. Balls. That's true. On balls. a large scale, he did. Hit him when they count. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so then he has the Chiefs plus three and a half, and then he has the Patriots minus six and a half against Houston. Mm. So quickly recap: Patriots minus six and a half, Kansas City plus three and a half, Vikings minus five and a half. Oof. All right, I'm gonna I'll go I'll go next only because I have a game that Boss picked. Except I'm going the other way. Um, by the way, we're using the point spread from the Pick'em pool for the Patreon um, because in the past we've used Bovada, and now since we live in New York. Uh, some of us don't have access to Bavada. They shut so. it down. Yeah. Um, all right. With that being said, I'm taking the Texans plus six and a half for uh, reasons we mentioned before. 
I think this offense is going to keep them in games. My favorite pick of the weekend is Carolina minus two and a half at home against the Dallas Cowboys. Um, that's going to be high up on the charts in that pick and pool. And another underdog, two of my three picks are underdogs. There's not a team I like picking more when they're an underdog at home. And that is the New York Giants. Oof. Three and a half points at home against the Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> Here's the thing. Jacksonville, I still I, I love your defense, but I can't pick Blake Bortles as a road favorite. Can't do it. Can't coach him. Can't win with him. I feel that. Can't do it. You want to go? Yeah, I'll let you end it since you're so Is excited. it my turn? No, because I, 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 I have a direct... I'm directly against Nick on one of these picks as well. Well, I have Ooh. I have one of the same. I also have – you said that you got the Texans, right? Yes. He does have the Texans. Yeah. So I took the Texans as well. The six and a half is a ton of points in a game that I think is going to be close. Um, so I'm taking the Texans there. I'm also taking the Rams. I can't. I don't know why yeah. I no one took this game. Bro, Yo, team. I was close. Joey. Is Joey, it a trap? Go- no, 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 no. Good call, man. Because me and Ippy, when we were breaking down this game, I was like, dude, I we're going to regret passing up on this game. Yeah. I feel like this line makes no sense to me. And I was like, well, this – so this something has to be going on. I was looking up, like, injuries. I'm like, is Jared Goff, like, on vacation? Like, it, what the fuck is going on? It moved a little bit, but But two not and a much. half? Yeah. Like, y'all, the Raiders, like, you lost Crabtree, Khalil Mack, who, you know, what, <laughs> those are your – I mean, I think he was yeah. better than Amari Cooper last year. You know, so it's like those are big losses. Yeah. So I don't know. And you're you're talking about this fucking roster, by the way, in LA is it's 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 insane. Yeah. So give me the Rams minus two and a half, uh, on the road. Whatever. I'm just saying that you know that's those really fans road. are going to travel it's at really that though. Minus six. How far is LA from Oakland? Who you think the you think the Rams fans are traveling to Oakland? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? No. These fans have been fans for eight seconds. That's it's gonna not- be all black shirts. It's Monday night. Uh, my last game, I went back and forth to this one, but I'm gonna take uh Baltimore minus six and a half against the Bills. Bills suck. Bills. <laughs> Bills. Hold on, did you take a did you take an upset? Yeah, I took the Texans. Oh, okay, okay. Right. Oh, for those of you who are new to these picks, because there's some people that are new, we've got yeah, we have a like an. A, pr- a pretty exceptionally more amount of listens than we had at this time last year. Shout out to the VM fans. You guys are the best. Um, we need to pick at least one underdog in our three picks. Right. It's called the underdog special. So let's start it off. I got Baltimore minus six and a half versus Buffalo. Um, good luck, Buffalo. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Uh, against that defense. Uh, that's all I'll say about that. Uh, I got Tennessee minus uh, one and a half at Miami. Baltimore's at home, by the way, and that they only get uh, that's a. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Tennessee minus one and a half at Miami. Mm. Um, I really like Tennessee in this matchup. I think that Miami is going to be shell-shocked uh, coming out. Ryan Tannehill in his first game back. Uh, curious to see what he's doing. And uh, I just I just like what Tennessee's doing overall. I think that offense is going to put up some points in Miami. And this last game, I'm back and forth on, just to be honest. I either have Dallas plus two and a half at Carolina or the Browns plus five and a half versus Pittsburgh. But I'm going to go Dallas plus two and a half at Carolina. The reason I'm doing that is because of Carolina's offensive line woes um, and Dallas's defensive line giant cocks. Um, (laughs) I wish I was making this pick on Thursday rather than Wednesday because 
if uh, Daryl Williams, their right tackle, plays, it's going to be a giant upgrade. But as of right now, their left tackle is on injury reserve. They lost Andrew Norwell, and their right tackle is injured. Their best uh, player and his replacement is a backup lineman from the Lions that they just traded for. Now, on the Dallas side, they were 28th in the league last year in DVOA for the running back out of the backfield. So I'm not feeling super great about this, but I will say I like Dallas because I think that uh, D-line runs a D-train on the Carolina Panthers to open the season. Mm. That is interesting. That was interesting. That is very interesting. So you have Dallas. I have Dallas plus two and a half, Tennessee minus uh, a point and a half, and Baltimore minus six and a half. You took two close games. Two, like, close point spreads. That I did. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Just wanted to throw that out there. Well, there it is. Football's back. We got our picks for week one. Look out for them. We're going to be posting them on the Instagram account at Veterans Minimum. Veterans underscore minimum. Sorry. Uh, And, yeah. Fucker, give us that domain. I know. I'm trying to get that shit. Anyway, Tim, where can they find you? Uh, Can I just mention one thing before we do that? Absolutely not. Tim, where can they find you? you Hold on. Hold on. (laughs) If you are not on the Patreon yet, all you have to do is pledge $7 a month. And you can pick every game against us. And if you win, if you come in first, which is a high probability because there's like 85 people in there so far, and we're only five people. So you guys have the probability. You get $200 to go to any game of your choice at all. Mm-hmm. Period. So if you have not yet, and it's before Thursday night, and the picks haven't locked, it locks five minutes before the Thursday night game, join the Patreon. Patreon.com slash Veterans Minimum. Pledge seven bucks. Come on. It's just seven bucks. Right? <laughs> just one day without the Starbucks, Mocha Choco, Lata, Aka, Vente, Paca, Laka, right. Chaka. Discord. Right? That's it. Discord chat has been awesome. That sounded Discord like Via Via for full name. <laughs> <laughs> this, so I'm done selling myself. I mean, selling the show. Time to sell myself. At Timpatrop <laughs> on all social media outlets. But only if you're feeling real, real frisky. At Brodo Fantasy comes out on Wednesday night. We're going to be talking about every single game for the upcoming season. And every single player that is fantasy relevant. So check it out. Nice. Uh, Nick? At The Lamb Show, Twitter, Instagram, twitch.tv slash The Lamb Show. I am doing a live Q&A every Friday at 7 o'clock Eastern time going forward for the duration of the football season. Get your lineups in there. Uh, we can uh, just shoot the shit. All right? Well, who you like, start them, sit them, all that fun stuff. Uh, D-Generation Bets, MP and I broke down the game lines for week one and also that DFS Fridays week in, week out, brother, brother. Yep. Imp, where can I find you, bro? I-M-P-Y-718. You already know. Twitter and Instagram. And boss? Boss, at NDeVito27 on Instagram and Twitter. And you guys can follow me on Twitter at Joe Santagato. Go follow the show at Veterans Minimum. Instagram, like I said, veterans underscore minimum, and our Facebook page, facebook.com slash veterans minimum. Happy week one. We'll see you next time. The salt of the spread do it again. Yay! <laughs> for the ones standing guard, for the eagle-eyed, for the knights in shining armor, and for all those who support them, we are Granger, your experienced safety partner, offering supplies and solutions for every industry, committed to helping keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com slash safety, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. 
Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.